0: your state your team your show this is sports nightly good snap to him hangs one up this is a pretty good kick Spillman drifting makes a catch of the 25 eludes attack 35 40 cutting back to the Let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Ben McLaughlin and
1: Nate War. Another game day tomorrow. We're playing football. The, the, the surprise is actually we had the week off last week. Yes. I mean, we hadn't had a bye since last year, so we actually had a week off, a week to get our legs back under us and shake off that ugliness from the Twin Cities and get back after
2: it. Yeah. Uh, feels good. Um, To have football back, obviously, the week off is, is uh, I don't even know the word, um, obscure. Oh. As it was, we got another one coming up.
1: How about that? And you go from none, and you look at the Nebraska coaching staff, by the way, they had three years where they didn't have an off week, where because of a hurricane or whatever, weather. They, they had a game get postponed. And now not only do they get one, they get two in the space of a month. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it sure is. But Huskers and Hoosiers tomorrow,
2: Memorial Stadium, just after 2.30 kick. Uh, pregame coverage begins at 9.30 here on the Husker Sports Network. But before then, three full hours of Sports Nightly coming your way here in just a little bit. Greg Sharp, the voice of the Huskers, will give his final thoughts in preparation for the Hoosiers tomorrow afternoon here in Lincoln. Uh, we'll talk mostly offense. With him, I, I, Nate, we've, we've talked a little bit about the offense. I, I'm, I'm most curious to see how the offense looks, uh, which is a little bizarre considering what happened with the Husker defense against Minnesota, but um, namely, who's going to be the quarterback tomorrow for the Huskers, so interested in that. So we'll talk with uh, Greg Sharp. Coming up in Hour 2, we'll have our Choices Treatment Center Big Ten Picks. I, spoiler, had my worst week picking. Ooh, last you week. poor thing. So I think I I, let, I unlocked the door for you guys to uh, open it up.
1: you, you got to play with the lead. you got to know how to win. Well, I know
2: one of the games I got wrong, we all got wrong.
1: Yeah, none of us had
2: Illinois. Uh, but there's there's at least one, maybe two more that I were either, I know I picked one wrong, and I might have picked a third wrong.
1: I feel so, pretty good about what I did, did last you? week. Well, we'll, it, see. It could be. we'll see how good I should feel in an hour. Yeah, I think there were five
2: games on, on the slate. So this could be... This could be the week that, that turns it all for our Choices Treatment Center Big Ten Picks. We'll give it another shot uh, here this week uh, and find out how we've done to this point. Also, it's Friday, Ian Rappaport, the NFL Network and NFL.com stops by and will give us an update on all things National Football League. Last night, Vikings and Redskins one of the more bizarre stories ever. Nate, Kirk Cousins, former Redskins quarterbacks, the Vikings. Case Keenum, former Viking quarterback, Cowboy or quarterbacks, the Redskins. Adrian Peterson, former Viking legend, plays for the Vic- or the Redskins yesterday.
1: And to top it all off, you had two coaches who were involved in the coaching search. Here after the 2003 season, Mike Zimmer, who was reported by some to be one of the candidates Steve Peterson, swung on and missed in the 40 days and nights of waiting without a head coach. And then, of course, the man he settled on, the interim head coach, excellent in every area, Bill Callahan. Did you see the, did you watch any of the game? Mr. I did,
2: yes. Did you see the graphic at the beginning of the screen where they had the the map of the United States and they had all the destinations of Bill Callahan as a coach, of course, Tampa to Oakland to Nebraska to the Jets to the wherever else he was. I missed Cowboys that. and then ultimately in Washington.
1: He was well-traveled even before he got to that stage where it was Oakland and then Nebraska and then one of the NFL's most noted offensive line coaches yeah
2: it just looked really bizarre to have a raider logo and a cowboy logo and a jets logo and a redskins logo and a husker logo <laughs> all on the same graphic super weird but <laughs> and that was a super weird time for our program sure was uh, hopefully uh things start to turn for the big red program as uh, as we continue along here this season and we'll wrap up our number three with our weekend preview nate roar We'll have all the things you need to check out this weekend, including uh, World Series action, NFL action, uh, and, uh, of course, all the full slate of college football as well. We'll have a week in review, and we'll hand out some winners and losers before we say goodnight here tonight on the program. If you want to be a part of the show, as always, our lines are open for you. 866-HUSKER-1, the number, 866-487-5371, the number to our Woodhouse Auto Family Hotline. Brought to you by Woodhouse, bringing you more choices, brands, locations, and service. Experience the difference. Purchase with confidence. This is Woodhouse. Nate, I kind of just want to do a, a status report on on where we are. Um, maybe you and I both where mm-hmm. we're at with the Huskers entering tomorrow, because you know I was doing I was on a, a number of shows this week around the state, and I felt like I said this a lot. I feel like I said it on our show, but I. This is, is to me the most perplexing diagnosis of where a Husker football team has been in a long time. Because I feel like, you know, in the past when things haven't been going well, we're not expecting things to go well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been times this, this year, there haven't been enough of them, but there have been times this year where we look really capable on both sides of the football. And now you throw in the injury factor, you throw in the bye week factor. I truly don't know. What Nebraska team we're going to see tomorrow? So let's just start there. <laughs> uh, offensively, what are you expecting to see tomorrow in terms of production and and maybe a little bit of personnel as well?
1: Boy, I wish I could tell you. I I, I would think it's Noah Vedral running this offense more often than not. I think the coaching staff has alluded to dipping their toe into the Luke McCaffrey waters some, and I would be. I would be more surprised if we don't see Luke McCaffrey some. I, I, I don't think he's starting. He won't take a majority of the snaps, but I think he has a package for himself. I think they're going to commit pretty hard to establishing the run, which Nebraska has not been able to do at any point this year. But if you establish the run, then that sets up your play action passing. Maybe it sets things up for these receivers who have had such a tough time this year. It also gets Diedrich Mills into a rhythm. And Coach Frost talked about Diedrich Mills settling more into this offense because Mills is more of a downhill guy and getting him used to being patient and not running right up the back of his offensive lineman. that's an adjustment for him. So I think it's going to be pretty run heavy to start both to set up Dedrick Mills better for the rest of the game and set up some play action, which translates to easier throws for Noah Vedrill, and I think also sets the tone for toughness that Scott Frost wants. So I, I think that's the recipe coming in. It's also a chance to test Indiana's toughness. I mean, IU has a nice record, has done some good things, You look at that schedule, and it—you know—who have they truly beaten that really catches your eye? And and the answer is not anybody. I mean, Ohio State handled them, and Ohio State will handle everybody. And then they hung in there against Michigan State, but they didn't beat them and they didn't stop them and that's not a great michigan state offense so you feel like nebraska should be able to move the ball some tomorrow and they, like i said i think it's going to be pretty run heavy i think they've got more faith in dedrick mills and maybe wyatt Mazur than they do the wide receivers to move the ball and get this offense going yeah
2: i i when, i think both teams have played uh, you know in, in terms of <clears throat> excuse me the schedule and results, I think we've seen pretty comparable numbers. Yeah. Uh, and so I don't think either team really has the – I'm expecting a close game tomorrow. And defensively, and I'll ask Greg this question next segment, is if if the run problems were truly a run-fit situation and a, and a gap situation, is that something that can be fixed in, in a week?
1: I don't know that it can be fixed in a week, but I think there are some things that set up for Nebraska to be better able to at least tighten it up a little. I don't think Indiana's line is as good as Minnesota's line. Stevie Scott's a nice running back, but I don't know that he's as good as either Rodney Smith or or the other guy uh, uh, Minnesota had so I don't I don't feel like Indiana's is committed to the run as as Minnesota, and they is. won't
2: be. I don't think. Right, so chances are they probably watch the film and they might try it. Right, but in their scheme, I don't think their scheme is the same. Minnesota's a lot more power oriented. Right. The point is, if you make Indiana one dimensional tomorrow, you got a lot better shot.
1: Oh, absolutely, and, and I feel like Nebraska to where this turns into all right to Westbrook. Can you get the ball out to uh, Watt? Uh, Receiver of Fillier. Can you get it to Fillier and Westbrook? So it's Fillier and Westbrook against Boodle. Hendershot, the tight ends, (laughs) a bit of an x factor. But the ball around, I like Nebraska's chances. Because I'm over a lot, but you feel like you can turn it over last week. You don't know which quarterback you're going to see. The odds are pretty good you're going to see Peyton Ramsey, who's a little up and down. And you feel like you can get after Nebraska. will be fine on that side of the ball. I think they'll be able to control Indiana's offense. Uh, I could see IU putting up 20, 20, some points, but this is not an Indiana team that's going to go up and down the field on Nebraska. I don't think.
2: Yeah, and you would hope the extra week of preparation certainly takes care of that. I don't do this on the show, but I'm, I'm going to have you and I are going to do it in the 7 o'clock hour. We're going to make some predictions on statistical numbers of what we're expecting Whew. tomorrow, mainly just because I want to see how different we are. Okay. Uh, and and so, you know, we'll, we've got some time in, in next hour where we both are. And it, the point isn't to try and – isn't to be right. The point is to see here we are in the eighth game of the season yeah. and coming off a bye – how many carries we're expecting people to get, get? who's going to get the points? Who's going to score? Yeah. So, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to to kind of, and I and I want to save these numbers and I want to c- kind of compare after. But uh, I think we're going to be kind of different. Sure. To be honest, and and so you know we'll we'll th- we'll throw it out there on on Twitter as well and and kind of see where where people are at on this too because uh, the more opinions on this, the better. Because I think it's going to prove the point to where none of us really know. You know, I, J.D. Spielman, Dedrick Mills, you know, we're going to expect the, so some of the typical suspects. But um, without Wandale, you know, with probably without Adrian, or we're expecting maybe at least very limited Adrian Martinez tomorrow, rumors of Ramir Johnson playing, rumors of Luke McCaffrey playing. <laughs> There's a lot left to be out there.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love the fact that we're going to be doing predictions on this, and it all feels like a guess. Yes. I mean, in the last – And that's kind of why I want to do it. Okay, okay. <laughs> so we're, we're throwing Like, if darts. we were to do
2: this against Colorado, right? Sure. We're, we're pegging Adrian Martinez between 220 and 280 passing. We're probably sure. both going to have him in the neighborhood of 60 rushing. J.D. Spielman, 80 to 100 receiving. Right. You know, Mo Washington probably has – Seventy-five to hundred all-purpose ballpark,
1: right? Yeah, the, I might be in the Astrodome and you might be at Safeco Field. <laughs> hey, I, I hope you get out of the Astrodome alive with the uh, texas size rats that are there these oh, days. Oh boy,
2: yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so we'll th- we'll throw that out there to to you guys, the the, the listeners as well, and, and kind of see you know where we all c- fall down on this. But um, yeah, it, it, tomorrow tomorrow, like I said, you would have told me before the year. Nebraska and Indiana was going to have my attention this bad I probably would have laughed at your face but here we are I mean
1: this is a critical game for this program to to get to a bowl game they need to win this one because if they don't they have to do one of two things they either have to win two road games which they haven't done in the last three years in total or pull a big upset or upset either Wisconsin or Iowa and they've not beaten them yeah or you make your road to bowl eligibility really long
2: and correct me if i'm wrong um but indiana has the edge on the series yeah is yeah, it nebraska game down yeah one okay. game down is that like eight nine and two or something like that
1: yeah i think it's like eight seven and two indiana but okay. iu leads by a game though the huskers have won the last five
2: okay well hopefully it's six yes um yeah should be interesting tomorrow i i i can't wait i'm, I'm intrigued interested in and in all of the above to see how, how this is going to go we're just off and running here on sports nightly of course the phone lines are open for you through the numbers out your way already we'll take our first break greg sharp the voice of the Huskers, stops by next welcome back sports nightly on the husker sports network i'm ben mclaughlin happy to welcome in the voice of the huskers greg sharp all refreshed, ready to go after the bye week, ready to call another game. Absolutely.
0: And beautiful weather in the forecast for tomorrow. Big game. I mean, how can you not be kind of fired up and excited for this one? There's a lot of stake for Nebraska in this game tomorrow. And,
2: yeah, looking forward to this. Let's go. I was on a, a, a show earlier this week, and I said, if you were to tell me before the year that Nebraska's playing Indiana, I'm going, okay, well, who do they play after that? And, and, now, and now, you know, this game is so interesting for so many reasons. Number one, the quarterback situation for both teams. Indiana's never been to Lincoln. They're kind of feeling themselves a little bit. Nebraska needs this game for a buy or, a, or for a bowl game. There, There is a lot kind of on the table for this. And, and Nebraska started as an underdog. I mean, all, all this stuff makes this <laughs> Nebraska and Indiana interesting. Sure does. I mean, that's, that's
0: the beauty of it is that you're playing a game with meaning to it. And you hope that you play in a lot of these. And, and, you know, Nebraska football is used to playing in ones that mean something every week. Unfortunately, we haven't had that the last couple of years. But you're right. There's a lot of intrigue to this thing for everything that you laid out right there. Um, and, and how does Nebraska respond after a bye week? Are you flat? Are you pumped up? I mean, because you, you can kind of see it going either way. Some teams coming off a bye week are sloppy. They commit penalties, false starts, illegal alignments, all those type of things because they're just not, they've lost their sharpness. Uh, but some teams come back with a bounce.
2: I'm certainly, I'm certainly hoping it's a bounce tomorrow. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question, and I and I, just, I want you to rank them in in an order of concern: quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and O line tomorrow. Oh, it's quarterback
0: number one, no doubt. I mean, that's the, the biggest position in sports is the quarterback position. So it's one. After that, um, probably wide receiver two, running back three. And I, I would say that because I feel like Dedrick Mills, and, and I'm except for Johnson to get some carries tomorrow. And I think Wyatt and, if need be, Brody Belt. I think Nebraska... After J.D. Spielman, where do we go? Is it Cade Warner tomorrow? I anticipate that happening. Kind of Ianoa probably would be the other guy out there. So I'll go one quarter. quarterback is one. To me, it would be wide receivers, two, three running backs. And then oh, offensive line would be four for me. I think you, I think the offensive line starts the same five that have started the first seven games. But I do think Brock Bando gets some snaps tomorrow. Maybe Bryce Benhart gets a series at, at a tackle position tomorrow as well.
2: Yeah, I guess I guess we will find out. What well, I mean, we're we're halfway through this. I think Nate and I earlier this week kind of kind of talked about it. So I'll ask you the same thing: are, are you surprised at how uneasy we are with the offense at you know the halfway point of this year, considering where we thought we would be at the beginning? Absolutely. I don't. If you're not, you're not
0: being honest, right? I mean. We thought when you're sitting there watching this team practice in August and you're going, we might have one of the top five quarterbacks in the country and Adrian, and I still love Adrian, but he hasn't played to that level. You loved what you saw from the running back position. You felt Maurice was going to grow and get better. Now he's not even part of the team, uh, not practicing with the team. Mills looked like the hammer. Wandale was the – the new toy that you get underneath the tree from Christmas that can do a lot of different things. And you just couldn't wait for all these things to happen. And then you, you know, th- then you start the season off and you're even more excited about this offense. It almost puts up 700 yards against Illinois. And then it's just come crashing down. So yeah, absolutely. And Scott Frost, Ben mentioned that a few weeks ago. He goes, his two years here, he's won games 9-6 to six and 13-10. to 10. He's shocked and surprised by what's happened.
2: And hes I don't know that it's ever happened that he's, as three games as a play caller, scored only one touchdown. I don't know that it's ever happened. It's mind-boggling, isn't yeah. it?
0: And so you hope that it, the chains come out today. Also, you, you, you hope maybe you find a way to score a non-offensive touchdown today. We're due for a pick six or a scoop and score, maybe in special teams, a big kick return, Maybe a block a punt, something like that happens to get you some points on the board, too.
2: How much, I mean, uh, to me, th- this is an interesting, uh, interesting game offensively just f- from a coaching standpoint. Because we, we know they're great minds offensively. But when, when you don't have some of those toys that you're talking about, you're spending a lot of the bye week trying to figure out how they're going to take advantage of Indiana's defense. I mean, what are you expecting tomorrow? I think you'll see a lot of
0: what Nebraska's done. Maybe, maybe it, and again, it depends on the health of the quarterbacks, maybe the quarterback runs a little bit more tomorrow than the, than they have done in the past. Although Scott said after the Minnesota game, our most effective runs have been our quarterback runs, and now we got two of them hurt. Although I think Noah's back to close to being 100% for this game tomorrow. Adrian's probably not... 100 maybe not 90 maybe about 80 percent for this game tomorrow so maybe maybe you unwrap Luke McCaffrey tomorrow who's got fresh legs and certainly one of the faster guys on this football team maybe maybe you do that maybe so maybe you do a heavy dose of quarterback run game maybe you you go snap back to that eye formation and you know the uh, the flex bone look that they showed in the Ohio State game maybe you unravel some of that a little bit in this game tomorrow but Scott Frost, I know him well enough now, Ben, to kind of know he still wants to do what he wants to do. And he's not going to get
2: too far away from that. So I don't know that you come out and see a ton of different looks. Indiana's offense, a lot of what they're going to do tomorrow depends on who's quarterback. Penix and, and Ramsey are two completely different styles. Probably making Shenander's week a little interesting. Little, I mean, they, they run the same things so to
0: me. Penix is just a little bit better version of Ramsey. Throws it. He's got a stronger arm, so he can make some different throws. He's faster, a little tougher runner than Ramsey. But Ramsey's played a lot of football in this yeah. league. He's he's not going to get bothered by by anything i think penix plays uh, to me i went back and watched the play that he got hurt last week it's a shoulder it didn't look too bad they've been saying he's practiced all week i'd be shocked if he doesn't play but i think we'll see both guys tomorrow in the game and, and stevie scott if, if i'm indiana and i'm watching nebraska try to defend the running game of the gophers i'm going we gotta run the football against these guys and make them show that they can stop that uh, so but i do, i i know we're coming off of not a great performance defensively against minnesota i still have a lot of confidence on our defense i think the defense is going to play pretty well i was just
2: about I was literally going to go there next with the copying copycat mentality yeah. i mean the, 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 maybe the jury's out i don't know if it truly is a as a gap assignment and a run fit thing can it get fixed in a week? Yeah, I think so. I think we've seen Nebraska defend a lot
0: of those plays. A lot of the plays that Minnesota hurt Nebraska on, Ben, were those stretch plays, those slower-developing running plays. Indiana didn't do that. That's not their offense. They don't do that. They they look like Nebraska offensively. A lot of shotguns some pistol, quick – Quick throws to get it out, delays and handoffs up the middle with Stevie Scott, and he's a pretty strong runner as well, so he'd like to try to break tackles. I just think Nebraska's going to play pretty well defensively, and they like, they're they going to want to throw it, I think. They may try to establish some early, but I think they're going to get back to throwing the football quite a bit, and I like our guys on the outside. I like Lamar and Decap to, to, Decap to be able to cover some of their guys. And I think JoJo Dolman's going to be a big factor in this game. He's going to have to
2: match up with that Hendershot, that tight end, a lot and cover him. And I think JoJo will be up for that challenge. It's not often that we talk seriously about Indiana's weapons offensively. They have you know, them. We, Jordan Howard, they had the transfer. I mean, they've had him in the past, but you know, Nick Westbrook is a big body dude. Uh, Watt Fillier not only has a great name, but he, he's, he's their JD Spielman. Yep. And then Hendershot is probably the best tight end Nebraska's seen this year. So you got to – I mean, they're probably worried about the run defense, but that means you can't slack off in the pass defense either. Yeah. I, somebody asked me earlier this week about how, how do
0: they compare to Minnesota. Minnesota has a lot of weapons too, but they run completely different styles of offense. Minnesota has more backs – than than Indiana does they both have three pretty quality wide receivers and Indiana is a better tight end so Minnesota's it, a lot more power too there's, power they're more power based than Indiana is going to be so it's going to be a different kind of challenge but again teams that like to destroy the football I'll take my chances with with 21 and, and 23
2: out there covering guys yeah um any other guys on the defensive end that you're expecting to see tomorrow with coach New Frost, faces maybe? yeah coach Frost has been evaluating his freshman and you know, kind of talked about that four game thing anybody you're expecting to see I, out there i think we'll see more garrett nelson
0: than we've seen before in fact maybe he starts uh, uh, that that's something to keep an eye on i think the freshman you've already burned that red shirt he's he's past the four game point of no return so play him get him out there he's probably going to make some mistakes but he's going to do it 150 miles an hour and his hair is going to be on fire. I, Anytime I see him and, and Doman both out there, I know we're going to get maximum effort mm-hmm. from those two guys. So I could see that a little bit more. Maybe you get Quentin Newsom on the field some more than than he's played in the past. So maybe some of that. But I still think it's pretty much the prime candidates that we've seen. Here's a question that I, I, don't, I don't know. Does, does Keem Green use one of his four games tomorrow? Now, I – My guess is they plotted what four they were going to play him in, and they probably didn't have this game in as one of the four, but this is a huge game. you got to get this game, so maybe you
2: go ahead and put Keem Green out there tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you think about what makes him a good player, and a fair assumption is that Wisconsin and Iowa are two of the games that that are going to be on that list. But what do you do with the last one? Yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting arm. who kicks tomorrow. Yeah, I'm encouraged that Barrett's closer,
0: but uh, what, what did Javon DeWitt say? We, we're limiting him to about 20 kicks a day. To me, that seems like he's still maybe a week away. And you got to think about the red shirt with Barrett, too. You've yeah. got five games to go. Maybe you just send him this one, but again, this is one you need to win. So maybe he comes out there tomorrow. I, you know, I, I've been using this term some all the week. To me, it's kind of like the masked singer show, you know, where they somebody's up there performing on stage and you're trying to guess who it is. Then they pull the mask off. We're going to do that
2: tomorrow maybe with kicker and quarterback. <laughs> Man, I, the quarterback thing to me is is beyond interesting. Like, <laughs> you, and, and I don't know why I went here, but you think back to like the, the Saints game last, last week. You know, they're playing the Bears defense and you're running out Teddy Bridgewater, no Alvin Kamara. And they just dismantle the best defense defense in the NFL. Like you give Sean Payton time to prepare, and he's going to put together a plan. I'm excited to see what this plan is offensively with these having an extra week to to scheme around IU's defense. I I, I don't know what, what to expect. I, I we're going to see some things tomorrow that we haven't seen all year. Yeah, you you could you you know coaches have that much time on their hands. They're going to devise
0: something. Different. I think the bulk of it's going to look what we've seen, but you're right. There could be a wrinkle thrown in here or there. Um, I think we're going to see a motivated Indiana team. They're one win away from bowl eligibility. They've been keep looking for those signature wins that their program is making a big step forward. And you know, Tom Allen has preached that to his team all week long. We go win on the road
2: to Nebraska. We're making a statement that our program is definitely improving. I've been impressed with Tom Allen. We've talked to him a lot at media days. You talked to him this week. And all the players that we've talked to from IU they love him. to play for him. Sure And that do. hasn't been the case with teams of the lower tier of the Big Ten. They're just kind of – I mean, they don't really speak the way about their coaches IU players do about Tom Allen. They do. He gets them to play hard. And you can see that when you watch them play. They play hard,
0: and they'll play hard tomorrow. One thing – that and I've studied this a little bit, not nearly enough, but I've studied this some that – Teams who have to play back-to-back road games sometimes don't play as well in that second straight week away from home. They played in Maryland last week. Let's hope that's the case tomorrow. They're a little on the flat side. And Nebraska's energy's up quite a bit from what it was in Minnesota. That, with a home crowd, you hope that's the difference. Yeah. Well, weather should be good. Fans have had a
2: week to rest. should be a good atmosphere. Maybe the
0: bigger question is shorts or no shorts for Ben McLaughlin on the sidelines tomorrow. It is a game TD. Okay. All right. Game time. Game time decision. Probably. I'm saying no. The comfort factor would be
2: just a little uncomfortable. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go – before I leave, I'm going to go stand on my patio in shorts for about 10 minutes. Yeah, but as you know, it's usually warmer down on the field in the sun sun coming off the turf. And if I'm feeling good on the patio, I'm going to be feeling good on the field. So – I don't know. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. You're I, you're just got to see. See when I run out on the field. So, morning. I don't know about quarterback, kicker,
0: shorts, no shorts. Those yeah. are the three things <laughs> that are going to keep me awake <laughs> tonight. Yeah. Oh, uh, what's
2: you're, you're going to go know what the Huskers are going to wear tomorrow. Love it. I'm looking forward to this. Did you see the have you seen the the social media of putting the black jerseys on the old players? Yes. It's been pretty cool. The, that's yeah. been fun. Seeing uh Levante and Sue and Grant Wisdom and those guys. Uh, yeah, Pretty yeah. cool stuff. Nice, good stuff. All right, well, we'll let you go ro- rest that voice up. Hopefully get hopefully okay. calling touchdown Huskers a lot tomorrow.
0: Only once for the last
2: three games. Yeah. Got to be more than that. <laughs> All right, <laughs> thank you. Greg Sharp with us here on Sports Nightly. Hour two off and running here on a Sports Nightly Friday. Thanks for tuning us in. Some may be on your way to see some high school football. Really fall weather now. I mean, we... Had the freezing game in, in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. but right back to Nebraska fall. And we are eight going to be eight games into the season with good weather.
1: I'm good with it. Yeah, you can live with that. Regular season finales for everybody in the state this week. So, yeah. Uh, oh, man, isn't that crazy? How about that, huh? Flies by. And remember, they started the same week as the Huskers did. Usually uh, the high school season starts – that last weekend in August and then the Huskers start the first week in September, but instead Nebraska or college football started the same week as high school football. So it's, it's all running together and it wraps up for the high schools this week.
2: Playoff next week. How
1: about, I I just hope we win another game playoffs.
2: (laughs) You can talk to me about playoffs. (laughs) Um, We are going to talk to you about some choices, treatment center, big 10 picks here in a second, also, we're gonna throw some more predictions your way uh, about what we're expecting tomorrow in terms of offensive production. Like I said in the first hour, I don't like doing this, but I'm, I'm willing to make an exception this week just because of we we all might be throwing darts at a dartboard. I don't think there's any question, and, and, and so I want I want the I want as many people in on this as possible. So I'm making all the producers back there. I even made a little grid on the board back there so we can fill in our predictions i i want to i'm anxious to see it when it's done to go back there and see kind of where we're all at yeah
1: i and if anybody hits that is not on the nebraska coaching staff or on the roster then they get something yeah they got to get something and maybe it's a direct flight to las vegas to make us all some money because because they're they're either seers of the future or damn lucky and either way that's valuable in Vegas. Yes,
2: absolutely. Um, so that we're going to do that this hour as well. We're also going to talk some National Football League with Ian Rappaport from the NFL Network and NFL.com as we do each and every Friday. Coming up in the third hour of the show, Nate will have our weekend preview. We'll play a, a brief portion of our Cornusker conversation with speaking of NFL Kurt Warner's son, Cade Warner, Nebraska wide receiver, who may or may not be involved in our predictions next segment. We'll have our weekend review and hand out some winners and losers before we say goodnight and goodbye for the week uh, until another Monday edition of Sports Nightly. So uh, still a lot coming your way if you want to be a part of the show. 866 husker won the number, 866-487-5371, the number to our Woodhouse Auto Family Hotline, bringing you more choices in brands, locations, and service. Experience the difference. Purchase with confidence this is Woodhouse. All right, boys. Well, let's go ahead and, and, and jump into some Choices Treatment Center Big Ten picks presented by Choices Treatment Center, helping people make positive choices. Before we go into this week, uh, who, who's in charge back there of telling us results? Is it Brett or it is it Austin? It would not be Brett. It would be myself. Austin, t- tell us the damage.
3: All right, not not terrible all around. Uh, ben, you did lose one game on everyone else. You went four out of six, missing Wisconsin and Maryland. Greg and Nate both went five out of six, only missing Wisconsin. I can live with that. Okay. What about what about yourself and and Josh? All right. Yeah. Josh also went four of six. He picked Wisconsin and he picked Michigan over Penn State. Mm. Yeah.
2: Ooh. My only miss was Wisconsin. Okay. So so not as bad as I thought, and I knew I picked Maryland. Yeah. And they had a, they had a shot to go do it, but. They did. Couldn't pull it out.
3: So, so on the year, Ben, you're 53 out of 61. Nate, you picked up a game 52 out of 61. Wow. And Greg sitting at 51 out of 61. Ooh. we're,
2: we're it's, it's a good race. Up. It is tightened up. So, yeah, I mean, it. The, as I said, it's not always how you start. It's how you finish. But in this case, it's mostly how you start because <laughs> if you put yourself behind the eight ball, it can be difficult. Okay, let's, let's go ahead and, uh, and jump into this week's picks. Nate, let's start with you. Let's go with uh, Iowa and Northwestern. This game
1: uh, is at 11 a.m. on ESPN2. Iowa is a nine-point favorite. Wow. I think that number's pretty high. I don't know that either team scores a bunch of points. I feel like this is a game where Iowa will be in control, but not necessarily move it up and down the field. I like Northwestern's defense a lot. I'm picking Iowa, but... Less than the number the smart folks in the desert suggest. Okay,
3: Austin. Yeah, I'm with Nate's reasoning. If if the spread of nine happens, it's a nine nothing game with three Iowa <laughs> field goals. I'm somewhere in the ten to three, ten to six range. It's going to be ugly, but Iowa pulls it out.
2: Yeah, I mean this this game. This is the the typical game where I on 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 paper it makes sense to say fourteen to ten. You know, sure, but. This is also the game that will end up being 28-24. You know what I mean? Like, oh, unexpectedly, yeah, teams will, you know, just defy all odds and move the football. I'm a, I'm a little more confident in Iowa than, than you both. I'm kind of seeing like a 21-10, 21-13 mm. type game. I, I'm not positive Iowa covers. I'm staying away from, from, from the spread 100%. But – I'm a little more confident. I'll say Iowa by two possessions. I'll say 21-10 I'll say Hawks. Okay. But, I mean, I, my confidence level is about a 2 or 3 out of 10. So, <laughs> uh, Austin, why don't you go first? This is the big one at 11. This is Wisconsin and Ohio State. This is a big number, 14-and-a-half for the mm. Buckeyes huge number. I, I
3: think Ohio State wins. I think it's a tough, tough spot for Wisconsin to try to bounce back. 14 is incredibly high if you look at how these two teams have played each other. You go back to 2011 when Nebraska joined the Big Ten. Aside from that 2014 Big Ten Championship game, the games have been decided by seven points or less. Mm. It's going to be within double digits. I think Ohio State's the better team. Wisconsin pulls within single digits late. Give
1: me the Buckeyes though. I'm taking the Buckeyes, and I'm not so sure that I wouldn't take them by the number. I, I don't like Wisconsin right now. I think the way they turn the ball over at Illinois, not at the horseshoe, at Illinois, uh, I, I'm selling on Wisconsin. I, I think the, the defensive game plan to stop them has been exposed. I like Ohio State a lot. I think they win, and I think they win big
2: this this sounds really like a cop-out answer but this entire game tomorrow falls on jonathan taylor's shoulders oh, yeah. i could yes. see him carrying the football 36 times tomorrow i really could i could see he's i'm gonna make a prediction he's north of 30 carries mm. and it's it's all gonna come down to product, production if he's over 150 yards buckeyes have a shot Badgers have a shot. Or Badgers have a shot. And they and it, needs to be, it needs to be well north of 150. Like, he needs to be pushing 200. Because if he's pushing 200, that means Cone's probably going to have a couple play-action passes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, And this is entirely too much to put on one guy's shoulders, even though he's the most capable player in the country to say that for, to have that happen to. But I, I'm with you, Nate. I think i think taylor will get his i think he's north of 30 carries i think the buckeyes do a decent job i still think he, he gets over 100 but i don't know that it's enough i'm gonna say and, and the other x factor here is what wisconsin's d shows up you know it, oh, yeah. it, can ohio state move the ball as easy on them as they can everybody because northwestern's a good defense and they had zero excuse me zero issues with them so I, i'm kind of with you nate i if I had to pick right now against the spread, I'm taking Ohio State. Yeah. And, and I'm a lot of
1: things are going to have to go right for Wisconsin tomorrow for them to pull that off. Yeah, you feel like they'll give Taylor the ball 30 times and he might just get to 100 yards. But don't you feel like it would be about a 30-carry, 104-yard performance? And here's the other thing. Like, let Jonathan Taylor get his. I trust Ohio State's DBs to eat wisconsin's receivers alive yeah and jack Cohn isn't fitting it in a drive-through window no definitely not so
2: yeah we're, we're kind of all over the place with this one all right i'll go first with illinois and purdue this this spread seems high nine and a half in favor of the boilermakers Ooh. with uh with illinois on the road this is and again i said this in the first segment you tell me before the year that I'm excited for Nebraska-Indiana, and I'm excited for Illinois-Purdue. Like, <laughs> I have no idea how this one's going to go. And, and there's a lot of intrigue for me in this football game.
1: And when we were talking about the Big Ten West, we'd say, well, it was a six-team race, so oh, okay, it might be a five-team race. And these are the two teams we would tap out. Yeah. And yet, you know, Purdue played Iowa pretty tough. And Illinois, the upset of the year against Wisconsin. That
2: being said, I'd, I don't think there's any way Illinois can – match the intensity that they had last week they're sitting back feeling pretty proud of themselves right now and I think Purdue's figured some stuff out mm. I, I think Plummer's got it figured out Bell is he's not Rondale Moore but he's more than productive right now they're finding a way to make the running game work somehow I
1: like Purdue big tomorrow Ooh. I like I, I like Illinois straight up I don't I don't think Purdue covers the number I still don't like Purdue very much I'm not Convinced from what I saw last week at Iowa, give me Illinois. I'm riding with Lovey. This might be against my better judgment, but give me the Illini.
2: Oh, bold strategy.
3: (laughs) I'm with Nate. I pick Illinois. I think it's going to be a game in the 30s, probably lower 30s to upper 20s, but give me Illinois. You got you guys. Won't take a miracle. Greg's with you though. Ben. Wait, do we have Greg? Pick, Greg's picks. Yep, Greg is with you on Purdue, and he also takes
2: Ohio State. So, what about the other? What, what is the other one? Uh, Iowa Northwestern. Who do you take? Uh, Iowa Northwestern. He went with Iowa. Okay, so he's got Iowa, Ohio State, and he
1: goes Purdue as he well. He Goes
3: Purdue with you. Ooh. All right. What about Josh? Josh also picks Purdue.
1: Okay, so we're we're split three and two. Yeah, this is gonna be a big one. Come on, lovey. And, and, and I'm Let's guessing go.
2: does Hill have Ohio State and Iowa as well? He does, yes.
1: Okay. All
2: right. right. This is the one we've all been waiting for. (laughs) Nate, this is all you.
1: Uh,
2: Give me Liberty or give
1: me Rutgers. (laughs) The the fact that – Seven-and-a-half point flame favorites tomorrow. The fight in Hugh freezes. And the fact that Rutgers replaced the word death – in that famous appropriate, Yeah, it's totally appropriate (laughs) because I think Rutgers is dead-on rival. Give me liberty and give me the seven and a half.
2: Oh, boy. (laughs) Austin?
1: Yeah,
3: give me liberty as well. This is my second time picking against Rutgers. I took UMass in the season opener. Rutgers came back to make me look silly after being down 21 Well, it's the only time
2: you were wrong all year if you picked (laughs) against Rutgers.
3: Yeah, it hurts, but I – I'm picking this just because I want it to happen so badly I don't know if seven and a half happens but I, I want liberty to win so give me liberty
2: it's Liberty I I, I made it made a promise to our listeners was it five weeks ago that I was never going to pick Rutgers again and You're I'm following word. Suit.
1: you are a man of high integrity and, and a man here's the of thing. Your word. I'm not scared no. I, like I'm not worried <laughs> Rutgers has totally <laughs> packed it in have you watched? Langham is that landman whatever uh, the quarterbacks name is have uh-uh. you seen him throw no <laughs> well I saw that he put up what one yard against Indiana like that's, that's one more yard than you and I yeah I know I mean it, it's bad like they need they they don't need Greg Schiano they need like a shaman to take the curse off <laughs> of that football program they don't need Greg Schiano and we don't need them in the big ten I would agree with that wholeheartedly Go Johnny. to a
2: Liberties conference and maybe win a few games. <laughs> Dare to dream. Uh, all right, let's move on. Penn State, Michigan State, three two thirty. Excuse me. ABC. Penn State five point favorites. Uh, is it my turn to go first? Sure, go ahead. Or uh, I think it might be awesome, but whatever. Um, <laughs> a lot of people are picking Sparty in this one. I I like Penn State. I think it's close. I don't. I don't necessarily uh, think Penn State's going to be looking as sharp as they have. The second half against Michigan really worries me in mm-hmm. this one. Uh, wouldn't be shocked at all if Michigan State wins. I'm going to say Penn State, but this is, this is is I'm even least conf- less confident in this game as I am Iowa-Northwestern. I'll, I'll say Penn State. I don't think they cover the five, and it wouldn't shock me at all if Michigan State wins.
1: Mm. See, I like Penn State a lot. It, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little bit of a hangover from the wideout game. But in the end, Michigan State's offense is terrible. And – I, I trust Penn State's defense to do the job on them and hold the game close to where Penn State finally wakes up and gets the job done offensively. I'll take Penn State, and, and I, would, I would give them the five and a half points. So I, I would bet Penn State in this one.
2: Okay. Yeah.
3: Austin? I agree. I I like Penn State. I trust him a whole lot more than Michigan State. This seems like the perfect kind of game. It's supposed to be mid-50s and rainy that Michigan State will make ugly and it'll be even easier because of the conditions. So give me Penn State. Greg though takes the mitten state. He takes
2: Michigan State Ooh. to pull the upset in this one. That surprises me that Greg went that way. He's gambling. He's feeling the heat down two games. Who does Josh have on this one?
3: He goes with the Nittany Lions.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: All right, let's jump to the next one. Uh what do we got here? Oh, Maryland at Minnesota, two thirty ESPN. Gopher sixteen and a half point favorites. I'll go first on this one. I got my oars loaded in the boat. They're ready to go. Um and they might be whacking a few turtles on their way through the pond.
1: <laughs> Likewise, gimme gophers big. I Maryland's just so damn up and down. Yeah. I I don't I don't
2: and I have don't, any faith in it. I that. don't think they care much on defense anymore.
1: Nope,
3: they've given up. No comment. Minnesota. Same for Greg and Josh. <laughs>
1: nice
2: and nice and brief, just like Minnesota's offense will be tomorrow.
1: All, all the oars are rowing the same way. We,
2: I think for the first time, maybe ever. I can't figure you out in your takes on Minnesota. Like <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> your takes on Minnesota are like the Nebraska weather. You yeah. Know,
1: you, well, you know, I'm just trying to fit in, but <laughs> it, I, like I, I, I ripped on PJ Fleck all of last year, and all the year before. I give up. They're good. He, he's built something there. All right, Nate. Why don't you finish it up? Notre Dame at Michigan. I'm done with Michigan. I'm done with <laughs> Jim Harbaugh. So, for as in as you are on PJ, as out as you are on Harbaugh. That's exactly right. Give me what? How how, uh, how many points has Notre Dame got? It's, it's uh, even. It's a pickem. Pickem. Let me let me get an updated check. But as of about lunchtime today,
2: it was a pickem. So give me your logic, and then I'll tell you the spread.
1: So I Michigan was challenged by Illinois, I, and they lose to Penn State. I think that was a big emotional game that, that they felt like they needed to get. I think they're in a bad place right now. They're hearing Jim Harbaugh is leaving. I think that program's in a fragile place. Notre Dame's playing fairly well. I'll take the Irish to win. Austin? Yeah, I went
3: back and forth on this one. The more I read into it, the more of a chance I gave Michigan, which sounds weird to say. I'm not keen on the Wolverines, though. I honestly have kind of forgotten about Notre Dame ever since that Georgia game. <laughs> They're still really solid, though, as I look at it. Michigan, I think, has a better, better chance to win this one than they have in their last couple uh, big games, but I still take Notre Dame in this one. I trust Ian Book more than...
2: Uh, Shea Patterson, I trust Notre Dame's
3: defense to shut down Michigan's offense a little bit more.
2: Irish by one, by the way, is the updated Ooh. line. So I'm taking Irish. Uh, again, I, the second half has me a little worried. I don't know that's more of an indictment on Michigan or it is Penn State. Mi- Michigan really outplayed Penn State in that second half. I think it's probably more of an indictment that those teams are closer than we think. Um, but even still, I'm give me Notre Dame over those two. Yep. Either – Even if they were playing Penn State, I'd I'd take Notre Dame. So give me the Irish. Mm -hmm. Greg
3: also goes with Notre Dame. Josh takes Notre Dame. And Brett is the contrarian picking Michigan.
2: Okay, so Greg has Notre Dame as well? Yes. There we go. Um, All the right answers as you get each and every week here on – our Choices Treatment Center Big Ten Picks. If you or someone you love has a problem with gambling, call Choices Treatment Center at 402-476-2300 or the Nebraska Gambler's Assistance Program at one 238 6837 More predictions coming your way. The Husker variety, in particular the Husker offense. What do we think is going to happen tomorrow? We're going to be all over the board on this. We'll give you that next. All right, gentlemen. Um, Austin, I'm going to pull you in here as well. We're going to do some, some predictions on what we're expecting to see tomorrow in terms of uh, Nebraska f- production offensively. Uh, and we're going to do, throw some individuals out here as well. And just to kind of see where we're at, where we're at with this deal. And I think in doing this, we can kind of put together what type of offense of performance each one of us individually is expecting tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So here's what we're going to do. I got, what, seven or eight categories here. Most of them are, are players, and we're just going to give stat lines, but some of them are, are particular questions. And the first one is a question. Who takes the first snap tomorrow, Nate, I think it's quarterback?
1: No, I think it's the pride of Wahoo, Noah Vedral,
2: Austin? I say Noah Vedra, I you, Josh and Brett. Yeah, okay, I'm, with, I'm with you. I think, I think Noah is the first, first quarterback out there. How fun would it be, though, if Luke McCaffrey is the first one to
1: run Ooh, out there? There'd be some buzz. He'd have to quick wave down the crowd and quiet them down. All right, here's the next question. Will a Nebraska offensive player that
2: has not scored a touchdown this year score tomorrow? If so, who?
1: I'll go yes, Ramir Johnson. OK, Austin?
3: I have two. I have Cade Warner and Austin Allen finding the end zone tomorrow. Okay.
2: Okay. okay. I'm going to say yes, Wyatt Missouri. Ooh. So here we are, two questions in, and we, we've got five answers or four answers, and all of them are different. Yeah, I that, like the Wyatt pick a lot. Does anybody else back there have anybody different?
3: Josh and Brett said no new player finds pay dirt. Okay. All right, well, they're no fun.
2: All right, so <laughs> the next one, two, three, four. The next five are just players' numbers, okay? Nate, Diedrich Mills' stat line tomorrow. Uh,
1: 16 carries for 80 yards and a touchdown plus a catch for eight yards.
3: Okay. Austin? I go 17 carries, 70 yards, also a touchdown. Uh, Josh says 18 carries, 73
2: yards. Brett says 13 for 56. Okay, we're kind of close here. I've got 13 carries for 74 yards Mm. and a score. So we're all in the neighbor. What's the lowest? Where the lowest is thirteen carries. Yes. Highest is eighteen. Mm-hmm. And I think who has eighty? We the I highest. I had eighty. Yeah. yeah. But most of us were between we we're between fifty six and eighty. So we're kind of in the same in the same neighborhood here. Here's where it's going to get interesting. Wyatt,
1: Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, eight totes for thirty eight yards and two catches for twenty. Okay, Austin.
3: I am very close to Nate. Eight carries, thirty three
2: yards. Ooh. Okay. I'm re- I'm really close. Do you have any, do you put any catches down? I did not. No. Okay, I'm at six carries, 34 yards. Oh wow! So wow. we're all. Ca- this is going <laughs> better than I thought. Yeah. Two catches, 18 yards for me for Wyatt. Wow, we're, okay. you're only two yards off. Yeah. <laughs> Which way? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ho- hopefully short. Okay, here we go. This is probably one people are probably excited to hear about. Ramir Johnson.
1: I got him for six carries, but for 50 yards and a touchdown. Wow. Ooh, and three catches for 40 yards. I wow. think he is electric. <laughs> he is speedy. I, I think he could do some big things for Nebraska if they give him the ball on the edge. All right. Austin? I have seven carries for 30 yards, two catches for 23 yards. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: I'm, I'm kind of close to Austin. I've got five totes, 26 yards, two catches for 14 yards. Oh.
1: Yeah, you know, that's probably more realistic. I'm, I'm hoping just, you're right. I'm hoping I, I you're right. I love his athleticism, and, and I'm hopeful that we, we see at least a notable dose of him. This is a fun one. Luke McCaffrey. Mm. I'm going to go five for eight through the air for 60 yards. Okay, eight passing attempts. Yep, and five carries for 25 yards. Okay. Austin? Nice.
2: All right, I'm gonna start with
3: passing. I say Luke McCaffrey throws one pass on a trick play for a 40-yard touchdown to Cade Warner. Wow, wow, that's very
2: specific. Getting
3: specific. I also have him rushing three times
2: for 10 yards. Okay, uh, see, I see. This is this is why I wanted to do this. I've got three of five through the air, 36 yards, mm-hmm. 10 carries for
1: 56 yards. So you see them using him more like a wild yes, like
2: like, like they like 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 the one play he was in. Uh huh. And a little bit like Noah
1: when he came in against Northwestern. Sure. Yeah, kind of on if dropback quarterback on one end, you know, wildcat quarterback on the other end, he's kind of two-thirds of the way to the wildcat to where you still trust him to throw, but you really want him running more than anything. Yes. All right, Cade Warner, receptions and yards. I think he's in the same neighborhood of where he was in Minneapolis, four catches, 45 yards. Okay.
2: Austin?
3: I'm more optimistic. Uh, Josh and Brett line up more uh, with with Nate. Josh says two for 30. Uh, Brett says three for 25. I say he
2: gets five catches, but 85 yards and a score. Okay. Ooh. Well, that's that's great production. I would sign off on that right now. I got three for 30 okay for Cade. All right. And the last one we're going to do here
1: is leading wide receiver. Who is it? And their receptions and yards. Okay. I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to say JD. Okay. I, I'm really going out on a limb on that one. Uh, seven catches, 80 yards. I think Nebraska tries to get him the ball any way they can.
2: Okay. Austin?
3: Uh, yeah, both Josh and Brett say J.D. Josh says five catches, 55 yards. Brett says seven for 96. I line up with the seven catches. I think J.D. has a 100-yard game. It's been a while. He's due. I think he gets his, and he gets in the end zone.
2: I'm, I'm perfect. A clean sweep, J.D. I got six for 84 for J.D. So th- we're a little bit closer than what I thought yeah. on, on some of these, but – this is, I'm telling you. Okay, so Nate and I very quickly went through and kind of added up where we were at, and since we're all in the same ballpark, mm-hmm. you know, and then and then you can kind of start to figure what we're expecting for Nebraska's offensive yardage tomorrow, and and I kind of feel like, it, the, the the question then, if you're playing along at home and and doing this, and and guys, we should put out some type of Twitter poll with this. Maybe we'll talk about it here in a second, but um, if you're playing along at home. You can kind of figure out what type of day you're expecting for the Huskers' offense tomorrow, and then you ask yourself, is that enough to win? Yeah. So (laughs) the question is, I don't know, and we will see. (laughs) But we'll throw this up on the board, and and we're we're a little closer together than maybe I thought we would be on some of these, but I'm still intrigued to see how this compares to uh, what happens tomorrow. Each and every Friday night, we talk National Football League with our friend Ian Rappaport from the NFL Network. Ian, interesting storyline last night: Kirk Cousins, former quarterback of the Redskins, with the Vikings, and Case Keenum, former quarterback of the Vikings, quarterbacking the Redskins. Adrian Peterson returning home. Weird storylines last night.
4: Yeah, it was a little bit of a, a little bit of a kind of revenge night here, and you know, it's it's always slightly comical. You know, you listen to the comments that guys like Kirk Cousins make during the week, and you know, I try not to think about it and it's not on my mind and all that. And then they get out there and, you know, it is all on their mind. And, you know, I think for Kirk Cousins, who did the right things, said the right things, acted appropriately regarding his time with the Redskins, could have said a lot more, a lot more. Um, The fact that he got to go out there and stick it to him, uh, I'm sure is something that, you know, for him felt very good um, as it should. And, I think for the rest of us, we can all appreciate um, that, you know, he got the opportunity to do that to an organization that really never fully appreciated him.
2: Yeah, and then the game game starts, and everybody's interested to find out if the Vikings can keep this thing rolling. They were in a really bad spot a few weeks ago. What turned, do you think, with them?
4: Well, you know, the crazy thing to me was, you know, Kirk Cousins – when his receivers were calling him out, when, you know, Adam Thielen was saying we got to be able to throw the ball downfield and and Stephon Diggs wasn't demanding a trade but definitely was frustrated with everything, you know, you're never quite sure which way the organization is going to go. And for some reason, you know, this organization went the right way. It's almost like Cousins, instead of being pissed, instead of being frustrated, Cousins was just like, you know what? maybe they're right. And Mike Zimmer was like, you know what? Maybe they're right. And instead of kind of, you know, having an offense that was stuck in the 1970s, they still ran the ball, and they ran the ball very well, and they did again last night. But they started, you know, using play action a little more. They started stretching the field, throwing it down the field. I mean, Zimmer even went for it on fourth and one last night, which he would never do. You know, like they just – it's almost like they took the comments, they took the criticism – and they just sort of opened up, and what we saw was, you know, a really a pretty good team. I mean, a really good team on the field last night.
2: Are they complete enough as a football team to win the division?
4: Oh yeah, I think so. If they if they're going to run their offense like this, I absolutely think so. Um, you know, to me, it was it was a sign of uh, not like they've arrived, but that we're going to be talking about them throughout, and I think. You know, especially after the start they've had, they, you know, kind of looked ugly. They won two, but then they looked ugly other times. They never threw the ball. I mean, this is, you know, looks to me like a team that has kind of come through it and is headed in the right direction. I mean, I'm sure they'll lose some and they'll stumble a little bit, but um, they look, I mean, their defense is tough, fast, aggressive, gets after the quarterback, can cover, I think, well enough. They run the heck out of the ball. they got talented receivers like Their offensive line is fine. Like, to me, they got everything. Um, I I think they're going to be – I think they're right there.
2: Let's go to the other sideline. I mean, it's hard to really find optimism for Redskins fans, maybe right now short-term, but – um, you look at some of their parts. You draft Montez Sweat. Darius Geis has been injured. Ooh. They love Terry McLaurin. W- what do you see as a as a source of optimism for those Redskins fans out there, and really how they're going to start building this franchise? Of course, an interesting situation at quarterback with them as well.
4: Well, yeah, and let's start at quarterback because to me, you know, that's the most important thing. Is did you get it right at the quarterback position? And look, I mean, the football part is interesting, like on the field, interesting, but. There's a lot more with the Redskins because, you know, they, they need to find a coach. And, yes. you know, the coach they hire needs to be someone who, you know, really believes in Haskins as well. You know, someone who believes in him and who can coach him and all of that. Who's that going to be and can that person get the most out of him? Because, you know, it looks like this draft class is going to be good. Montez Sweat looks good. McLaurin looks really good. You know, they got some help from some late-round guys. But is the quarterback good enough to build around? That is the only thing. And otherwise, if not, then they're going to have to start new at quarterback again. After trading for Alex Smith and after trading for Case Keenum and after drafting Dwayne Haskins, I mean, a million other things. One of these guys has got to get it right.
2: Yeah. Talk with Ian Rapport, the NFL Network, here on Sports Nightly. I'm Ben McLaughlin. Let's stay in the NFC, but let's go south. I, I was just. And I shouldn't be, but I continue to be so impressed with Sean Payton, the job that he did last Sunday against the Bears. I mean, did, did, was that a statement win to the league, do you think?
4: I thought so. I mean, to me, like, you know, I don't know about coach of the year. I don't get to vote for those sort of things. But how does he not get consideration, you know? I mean, that's the crazy thing to me is he's gone out there with Teddy Bridgewater, who played, has played great but is not true breeze. No Alvin Kamara last week. Um, it's been so impressive. I mean, everything he's done with not a lot of talent. It's just, you know, offensive of line's playing great. All the receivers, Mike Thomas is playing. Mike Thomas hasn't changed anything he's done, regardless of who the quarterback is. I mean, I think, I think Sean Payne's doing an incredible job and, you know, should be in the mix for coach of the year.
2: I I don't want to dwell too much on last week, but I have to ask you about the state of Chicago. I mean, the defense is elite, but Mitchell Trubisky—it's just not working. What What's the answer for Chicago? And 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 is the I mean, it's obvious that the defense is starting to get
4: frustrated. Well, the defense is starting to get frustrated and also not play great. You know, um, I think that's one of the things is like, um, you know, is this defense? Um, is this defense good enough to carry an offense like this? And I would say I don't know that it had to be the case. Last year, easy, very easy. Vic Fangio is the best. Last year, easy. Now, you know, Fangio's in Denver. You have Chuck Pagano, who's a good defensive coordinator, but it hasn't been the same. Plus, they've had to carry the load. I don't know, man. Like, something must give uh, in Chicago, and I just don't know which direction it's going to be.
2: I mean, we may as well just round out the division. Green Bay is is obviously the favorite. Aaron Rodgers had a monster performance last week. Going to Arrowhead on Sunday night, Chiefs have really struggled in primetime games dealing with their own stuff. But um, how would you evaluate kind of where the Packers are right now comparative to the rest of the division, maybe even just the NFC, you know, with, Pat, with Aaron Rodgers having to do this with receivers that none of us have really heard of?
4: Yeah. I mean, we have now, right? Yeah. You know? Um, and Devontae Adams went out there and did a little more at practice on Friday today. That, that's a good sign. And you know, it's it's almost like the Packers had some idea what they were doing when they picked, you know, Matt Lafleur as the head coach. It's almost like his offense, when you give it a little time, works because you know there was so much doubting and so much, you know, sort of just worry about Rodgers not looking great and the offense not looking great and. The well, floor is not ready. And, all, and then all they've done is weather a really difficult storm and look better. I mean, Rogers was fantastic last week or, yeah, last week. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I've been more impressed with them every week. And at some point, we all have to believe in them. I'm just not sure. if I mean, are we there yet where everybody believes in them? I don't know about that. We should, though.
2: Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm heading down to Arrowhead uh, Sunday night to watch the game. And obviously, Patrick Mahomes is the big story. He was seen stretching on the field yesterday. What's the latest on on him? Obviously, probably not too optimistic for Sunday, but yeah, Chiefs nah. to be pretty uh, with the, his ability to get out there and just start working again.
4: Yeah, I mean, he's not playing on Sunday. But, you know, this is all amazing because, you know, think about it. Just a little bit ago, a week ago, we were talking about, you know, well, is he going to be out for the season? No, the MRI came back. It's going to be three to five weeks and maybe a month. And and now it's like, you know, he's not going to play this Sunday, but could he play next Sunday? I mean, there's an outside chance. Could he play the Sunday after? Probably. I mean, that's what's crazy is all this stuff. I mean, he got so lucky. The Chiefs got so lucky. He's Gumby. He's amazing. Uh, And all of a sudden, what could have been a, you know, season-altering injury is going to end up being just a blip on the radar which is just incredible
2: ian Rappaport, the nfl network and nfl.com looks like ian just dropped off appreciate his time very much as we do each and every friday night back one final time on a sports nightly friday night ben mclaughlin and nate Rohr, now joined by josh shilkeman boys let's hand out some winners and losers josh why don't you start us
5: tonight all right sounds good i'm gonna start with my loser there is a man in Rhode Island his name is Zanini Sineas and his name's a winner but what he did was a loser he stole a uh Tom Brady jersey from the Patriots Hall of Fame <laughs> first off I mean like if you're gonna steal a jersey then steal somebody that's worthwhile I mean oh, oh boom, boom, boom you know that Tim Curran loves that one he's he's giving me a mean look right now but yeah I uh yeah, don't. What are you doing? The other thing too is when he got arrested, he was still wearing the jersey. So. Oh uh, my God. Yeah, he's he is my loser of the week. Moving on to the winner, this guy is mu- a much better human being. Carlos Carrasco, he was yes. named the Roberto Clemente Award winner today. Uh, obviously, uh, his story was big in the midst of battling leukemia. This season he's also continued his charitable work which he's done for years so good for him that's awesome you know being awarded for uh, all of his all of his work
1: especially in the midst of, of battling leukemia yeah well done nate my andy fails memorial <laughs> losers of the week the houston astros my god could you do any worse <laughs> the pr fiasco with the assistant gm lying about it dropping the first two games of of a world series at home what are you doing that's terrible And my winners of the week, and I can't believe I'm saying it, the Kansas Jayhawks and the Missouri Tigers. Stop. I am calling the Missouri Tigers my winners of the week. They have come to their senses. They're going to play at least the next six years, the border war rivalry basketball game. Look, this needs to happen in college sports. The conference realignment severed so many great rivalries. This was right at the top of the list. I am thrilled that it's reigniting starting next year what's
5: your what's next Nate your winner is going to be the the black uniforms the Huskers are wearing tomorrow is that no right? oh.
1: hey, let's not get crazy
2: here okay. come on All right, my winner, I'm going to Tyler Junior College. A guy by the name of Ren Reynolds goes viral with his Forrest Gump costume and (laughs) antics at the Tyler Junior College Halloween Bash baseball scrimmage. Hilarious. He runs down to first, runs past the line, hops the fence with a ping pong paddle in his pocket. Another uh, shot of him at first base doing the wave. Uh, (laughs) Just amazing. Well done, dude. Uh, My loser, I'm staying in the city of Houston, the Rockets. James Harden and Russell Westbrook fighting already. It took exactly one one game for a video of them sniping at each other. Wow, what a mess. Houston, figure your stuff out.
1: We have a problem. <laughs> yes.
2: That's it for us tonight. Thanks to everybody that was a part of this one. Thanks, Nate. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Thanks to Josh He'll come in for producing. Thanks to all of you for listening. Enjoy the game, Husker fans. We're back with you, Sports Nightly, on Monday.